Chapter One, Part One of The Doctor, His Wife, and the Clock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. The Doctor, His Wife, and the Clock by Anna Catherine Green. Chapter One, Part One on the seventeenth of july eighteen fifty one a tragedy of no little interest occurred in one of the residences of the colonnade in lafayette place mr hasbrook a well-known and highly respected citizen was attacked in his room by an unknown assailant and shot dead before assistance could reach him his murderer escaped and the problem offered to the police was how to identify this person who by some happy chance or by the exercise of the most remarkable forethought had left no traces behind him or any clue by which he could be followed the affair was given to a young man named ebenezer grice to investigate and the story as he tells it is this when some time after midnight i reached lafayette place i found the block lighted from end to end groups of excited men and women peered from the open doorways and mingled their shadows with those of the huge pillars which adorn the front of this picturesque block of dwellings the house in which the crime had been committed was near the centre of the row and long before i reached it i had learned from more than one source that the alarm was first given to the street by a woman's shriek and secondly by the shouts of an old man-servant who had appeared in a half-dressed condition at the window of mr hasbrook's room crying murder murder but when i had crossed the threshold i was astonished at the paucity of the facts to be gleaned from the inmates themselves the old servitor who was the first to talk had only this account of the crime to give the family which consisted of mr hasbrook his wife and three servants had retired for the night at the usual hour and under the usual auspices at eleven o'clock the lights were all extinguished and the whole household asleep with the possible exception of mr hasbrook himself who being a man of large business responsibilities was frequently troubled with insomnia suddenly mrs hasbrook woke with a start had she dreamt the words that were ringing in her ears or had they been actually uttered in her hearing they were short sharp words full of terror and menace and she had nearly satisfied herself that she had imagined them when there came from somewhere near the door a sound she neither understood nor could interpret 
but which filled her with inexplicable terror and made her afraid to breathe or even to stretch forth her hand towards her husband whom she supposed to be sleeping at her side at length another strange sound which she was sure was not due to her imagination drove her to make an attempt to rouse him when she was horrified to find that she was alone in the bed and her husband nowhere within reach filled now with something more than nervous apprehension she flung herself to the floor and tried to penetrate with frenzied glances the surrounding darkness but the blinds and shutters both having been carefully closed by mr hasbrook before retiring she found this impossible and she was about to sink in terror to the floor when she heard a low gasp on the other side of the room followed by the suppressed cry god what have i done the voice was a strange one but before the fear aroused by this fact could culminate in a shriek of dismay she caught the sound of retreating footsteps and eagerly listening she heard them descend the stairs and depart by the front door had she known what had occurred had there been no doubt in her mind as to what lay in the darkness on the other side of the room it is likely that at the noise caused by the closing front door she would have made at once for the balcony that opened out from the window before which she was standing and taken one look at the flying figure below but her uncertainty as to what lay hidden from her by the darkness chained her feet to the floor and there is no knowing when she would have moved if a carriage had not at that moment passed down astor place bringing with it a sense of companionship which broke the spell that held her and gave her strength to light the gas which was in ready reach of her hand as the sudden blaze illuminated the room revealing in a burst the old familiar walls and well-known pieces of furniture she felt for a moment as if released from some heavy nightmare and restored to the common experiences of life but in another instant her former dread returned and she found herself quaking at the prospect of passing around the foot of the bed into that part of the room which was as yet hidden from her eyes but the desperation which comes with great crises finally drove her from her retreat and creeping slowly forward she cast one glance at the floor before her when she found her worst fears realized by the sight of the dead body of her husband lying prone before the open doorway with a bullet hole in his forehead her first impulse was to shriek but by a powerful exercise of will she checked herself 
and ringing frantically for the servants who slept on the top floor of the house flew to the nearest window and endeavoured to open it but the shutters had been bolted so securely by mr hasbrook in his endeavour to shut out light and sound that by the time she had succeeded in unfastening them all trace of the flying murderer had vanished from the street sick with grief and terror she stepped back into the room just as the three frightened servants descended the stairs as they appeared in the open doorway she pointed at her husband's inanimate form and then as if suddenly realizing in its full force the calamity which had befallen her she threw up her arms and sank forward to the floor in a dead faint the two women rushed to her assistance but the old butler bounding over the bed sprang to the window and shrieked his alarm to the street in the interim that followed mrs hasbrook was revived and the master's body laid decently on the bed but no pursuit was made nor any inquiries started likely to assist me in establishing the identity of the assailant indeed every one both in the house and out seemed dazed by the unexpected catastrophe and as no one had any suspicions to offer as to the probable murderer i had a difficult task before me i began in the usual way by inspecting the scene of the murder i found nothing in the room or in the condition of the body itself which added a iota to the knowledge already obtained that mr hasbrook had been in bed that he had risen upon hearing a noise and that he had been shot before reaching the door were self-evident facts but there was nothing to guide me further the very simplicity of the circumstances caused a dearth of clues which made the difficulty of procedure as great as any i ever encountered my search through the hall and down the stairs elicited nothing and an investigation of the bolts and bars by which the house was secured assured me that the assassin had either entered by the front door or had already been secreted in the house when it was locked up for the night i shall have to trouble mrs hasbrook for a short interview i hereupon announced to the trembling old servitor who had followed me like a dog about the house he made no demur and in a few minutes i was ushered into the presence of the newly made widow who sat quite alone in a large chamber in the rear as i crossed the threshold she looked up and i encountered a good plain face without the shadow of guile in it madam said i i have not come to disturb you i will ask two or three questions only and then leave you to your grief 
i am told that some words came from the assassin before he delivered his fatal shot did you hear these distinctly enough to tell me what they were i was sound asleep said she and dreamt as i thought that a fierce strange voice cried somewhere to some one ah you did not expect me but i dare not say that these words were really uttered to my husband for he was not the man to call forth hate and only a man in the extremity of passion could address such an exclamation in such a tone as rings in my memory in connection with the fatal shot which woke me but that shot was not the work of a friend i argued if as these words seem to prove the assassin had some other motive than gain in his assault then your husband had an enemy though you never suspected it impossible was her steady reply uttered in the most convincing tone the man who shot him was a common burglar and frightened at having been betrayed into murder fled without looking for booty i am sure i heard him cry out in terror and remorse god what have i done was that before you left the side of the bed yes i did not move from my place till i heard the front door close i was paralyzed by my fear and dread are you in the habit of trusting to the security of a latch-lock only in the fastening of your front door at night i am told that the big key was not in the lock and that the bolt at the bottom of the door was not drawn the bolt at the bottom of the door is never drawn mr hasbrook was so good a man he never mistrusted any one that is why the big lock was not fastened the key not working well he took it some days ago to the locksmith and when the letter failed to return it he laughed and said he thought no one would ever think of meddling with his front door is there more than one night key to your house i now asked she shook her head and when did mr hasbrook last use his to-night when he came home from prayer-meeting she answered and burst into tears her grief was so real and her loss so recent that i hesitated to afflict her by further questions so returning to the scene of the tragedy i stepped out upon the balcony which ran in front soft voices instantly struck my ears the neighbours on either side were grouped in front of their own windows and were exchanging the remarks natural under the circumstances i paused as in duty bound and listened but i heard nothing worth recording and would have instantly re-entered the house if i had not been impressed by the appearance of a very graceful woman who stood at my right she was clinging to her husband who was gazing at one of the pillars before him in a strange fixed way which astonished me till he attempted to move and then i saw that he was blind 
instantly i remembered that there lived in this row a blind doctor equally celebrated for his skill and for his uncommon personal attractions and greatly interested not only in his affliction but in the sympathy evinced for him by this young and affectionate wife i stood still till i heard her say in the soft and appealing tones of love come in constant you have heavy duties for to-morrow and you should get a few hours rest if possible he came from the shadow of the pillar and for one minute i saw his face with the lamplight shining full upon it it was as regular of feature as a sculptured adonis and it was as white sleep he repeated in the measured tones of deep but suppressed feelings sleep with murder on the other side of the wall and he stretched out his arms in a dazed way that insensibly accentuated the horror i myself felt of the crime which had so lately taken place in the room behind me she noting the movement took one of the groping hands in her own and drew him gently towards her this way she urged and guiding him into the house she closed the window and drew down the shades making the street seem darker by the loss of her exquisite presence this may seem a digression but i was at the time a young man of thirty and much under the dominion of woman's beauty i was therefore slow in leaving the balcony and persistent in my wish to learn something of this remarkable couple before leaving mr hasbrook's house the story told me was very simple dr zabriskie had not been born blind but had become so after a grievous illness which had stricken him down soon after he received his diploma instead of succumbing to an affliction which would have daunted most men he expressed his intention of practising his profession and soon became so successful in it that he found no difficulty in establishing himself in one of the best-paying quarters of the city indeed his intuition seemed to have developed in a remarkable degree after his loss of sight and he seldom if ever made a mistake in diagnosis considering this fact and the personal attractions which gave him distinction it was no wonder that he soon became a popular physician whose presence was a benefaction and whose word a law he had been engaged to be married at the time of his illness and when he learned what was likely to be its results had offered to release the young lady from all obligation to him but she would not be released and they were married this had taken place some five years previous to mr hasbrook's death three of which had been spent by them in lafayette place so much for the beautiful woman next door 
there being absolutely no clue to the assailant of mr hasbrook i naturally looked forward to the inquest for some evidence upon which to work but there seemed to be no underlying facts to this tragedy the most careful study into the habits and conduct of the deceased brought nothing to light save his general beneficence and rectitude nor was there in his history or in that of his wife any secret or hidden obligation calculated to provoke any such act of revenge as murder mrs hasbrook's surmise that the intruder was simply a burglar and that she had rather imagined than heard the words that pointed to the shooting as a deed of vengeance soon gained general credence but though the police worked long and arduously in this new direction their efforts were without fruit and the case bade fair to remain an unsolvable mystery but the deeper the mystery the more persistently does my mind cling to it and some five months after the matter had been delegated to oblivion i found myself starting suddenly from sleep with these words ringing in my ears who uttered the scream that gave the first alarm of mr hasbrook's violent death i was in such a state of excitement that the perspiration stood out on my forehead mrs hasbrook's story of the occurrence returned to me and i remembered as distinctly as if she were then speaking that she had expressly stated that she did not scream when confronted by the sight of her husband's dead body but some one had screamed and that very loudly who was it then one of the maids startled by the sudden summons from below or some one else some one involuntarily witness of the crime whose testimony had been suppressed at the inquest by fear or influence the possibility of having come upon a clue even at this late day so fired my ambition that i took the first opportunity of revisiting lafayette place choosing such persons as i thought most open to my questions i learned that there were many who could testify to having heard a woman's shrill scream on that memorable night just prior to the alarm given by old cyrus but no one who could tell from whose lips it had come one fact however was immediately settled it had not been the result of the servant women's fears both of the girls were positive that they had uttered no sound nor had they themselves heard any till cyrus rushed to the window with his wild cries as the scream by whomever given was uttered before they descended the stairs i was convinced by these assurances that it had issued from one of the front windows and not from the rear of the house where their own rooms lay 
could it be that it had sprung from the adjoining dwelling and that my thoughts went no further but i made up my mind to visit the doctor's house at once it took some courage to do this for the doctor's wife had attended the inquest and her beauty seen in broad daylight had worn such an aspect of mingled sweetness and dignity that i hesitated to encounter it under any circumstances likely to disturb its pure serenity but a clue once grasped cannot be lightly set aside by a true detective and it would have taken more than a woman's frown to stop me at this point so i rang dr sabrisky's bell End of chapter 1 part 1